0: All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow Trash Talkers. Whatever time you are tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You are listening to Trash Talk with D Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is Thursday, the 11th of January, 2024. And as we mentioned yesterday, this is a bonus episode number one for the playoffs, week one. Yep, we'll be doing this every week for the playoffs now. As always, running through the usual recap on... First episodes, and uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be having another another bonus episode every week. So excited to announce that these episodes are just solely going to be chatting through every playoff matchup that we have run, and we'll also hit on some touchdown scorers for every game. And before we do start with that, in terms of for betting purposes and whatnot, last week's episode. We hit on two and one in our best bets, which actually took us to 16 and 16. Our reels went two and four, which went to 14 and 30. In terms of what we missed out on there, the Bears obviously costing us in our best bet and those two player prop parlays that lost Bryce Young. Lord knows why we were on Bryce Young to do anything. <laughs> had a favorable matchup and still couldn't do it. And uh, Khalil Herbert probably had, a, had an absolute mare. But as always, with these playoffs... We're going to have a same-game parlay for every game of the playoffs. Keep your eyes out for those on at Trash Talk with D-Bork on Instagram and TikTok. Hit that subscribe button. Keep the comments coming. I'm loving loving all the feedback and getting through to to everyone from at home and abroad. It's awesome. Thank you so much. So... Why don't we start with the first game of the playoffs. It's at 8.30 a.m. in the morning here in Sydney. The Houston Texans hosting the Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Joe Flacco-led Cleveland Browns. I think everyone would have thought that Deshaun Watson was every chance of making the playoffs this year. But he ain't around, and Sleepy Joe has got them there. So <laughs> Houston actually went 6-3 and three on the year at home with the Browns. Finishing with a record of three and five on the road since the addition, though, of Joe Flacco in Week 13, which was at the LA Rams, the Browns have gone four and one with Joe. We're not counting last week's loss, where he he sat out with the majority of the team anyway. So they've been very very solid since bringing Joe and that air raid offense in. The Browns managed to go three and zero oh at home with Joe Flacco, one and one on the road. Obviously, lost the debut to the Los Angeles Rams in that one. But even that, I think the scoreboard probably doesn't do the Browns justice. They played extremely well um, with a new quarterback coming in in Joe Flacco. Uh, They've averaged 28 points a game with Mr. Flacco. They also defeated the Houston Texans just a few weeks ago in Week 16, 36-22 in Houston. That game, though, was without CJ Stroud, So just a little bit of a big out in that one, but one man who was very, very busy in that contest was Amari Cooper. He had 265 receiving yards on 11 receptions for two touchdowns as well. While shifting back to the Houston Texans, they average currently 23 points a game at home. The loss of Tank Dell obviously hurts this offense for sure, but when you have the likes of CJ Stroud and Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz Devin Singletary has been a revelation for them this year. I think a lot of people thought it was just going to be Damian Pierce, but Singletary has been incredible since coming across from the Bills and has definitely taken that RB1 spot all to him and and all credit to Damian Pierce too because he was amazing in his rookie season and they've used him a lot in the kick return game especially on on kickoffs and he has been awesome there. He looks actually super quick in comparison to how he actually looked last year. So he's still been doing everything in his power to to get going in the special teams there for the Houston Texans and going back again to the Browns now on the defensive side of the ball. We spoke about it in the past as well, that their defense has been incredible at home, almost somewhat lights out, but on the road, not so much. They have actually averaged 29 points, well, 29 plus points per game against them, which... Gives Houston every possible chance in this game. I know if you look at the market, you know, the Cleveland Browns are the slight favorite in this contest, even at Houston. They're two-point favorites on the road, two-and-a-half now. I'm giving CJ Stroud every chance in the world of getting this one. We mentioned yesterday, in yesterday's episode, that we were leaning towards the over 44-and-a-half in our best bets. Now we're going to add some touchdown scorers, so... Given how well he played in the first meeting. Amari Cooper at plus 170 or $2.70 there to score a touchdown. And then I know how much CJ Stroud loves Dalton Schultz. So we are going to be hitting on Dalton Schultz to score a touchdown at plus 245 or $3.45 there for Dalton. I think this game's going to be awesome to watch, and it should be a cracking first game to get us started in the playoffs week one. Oh, I can't I can't really pick a winner. I'd love to see CJ Stroud obviously win given how great this this rookie story has been for him and the Texans this year, but I think the experience in the end may very well get Cleveland home in a high-scoring affair just given how well Joe Flacco is distributing the ball right now to Amari, to David Njoku. It's, yeah, it, it's going to be a great game to enjoy. The very first playoff game of the 2023-24 season. The second game on Sunday at 12.15, it's going to be absolutely freezing. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs go head-to-head against the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins team that must really be shaking their heads saying, how on earth are we the six seed? We were the two seed all year long. Uh, and they lost their way in the last, last couple of weeks of the season, losing to the, well, getting absolutely belted by the Baltimore Ravens and then to the hands of the Buffalo Bills as well at home over the weekend. So... Going to this game, Kansas City have not been their usual selves at home this season. They went 5-4, and four, pretty extremely average, really. That, that was a fortress in seasons past, and they have not done that this year. Miami, 4-4 four and four on the road, so no real road warriors themselves. But if you look at Kansas City, they're 1-3 and three in their last four at home. Miami losing their last true road test to the Baltimore Ravens, as we mentioned, 56-19. to 19 that does not bode well. It really doesn't. And that, in the end, was for the number one seed in the AFC, which Lamar Jackson completely dominated, kind of made him throw the pill, and he threw all over Miami. So are we going to see the same with Patrick Mahomes? It'll be interesting. But I think this matchup comes down to the health of Jada Model and Raheem Mostert, for sure. Because if these two guys are healthy, I give Miami every possible chance of winning this game at full strength. They weren't playing against the Buffalo Bills, and it was clear that there was two big outs there. Cause especially, like they rely on most a lot on the ground and go to Devon Archain in the maybe more so passing downs, I guess, in the end. Like, he's not really a bell cow, whereas most it is. And if they can get him back, especially given how suspect, I guess, Kansas City have been of late, if you give this Miami team a full offense, then... I think they can go into Kansas City and win this game. Even if the weather is going to be below freezing or zero, it's going to be zero in Kansas City. I think with a high of 10 Fahrenheit. So I think over here in in Sydney, Australia in the summer right now, I think we'd much rather be here than be in Kansas City. So yeah, that's going to be cold. It's going to be a cold one. The Chiefs of late though in their last four games have only averaged 183 points per game, and if you think in seasons past how dominant Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey have been, that is a very, very low number, and against a team that can score a lot of points, that's not going to be enough, even in those freezing cold conditions. It, it, it just won't be because, like I said, as long as they are fully healthy, the Dolphins have more than 21 points in them in this one. These two teams actually faced off in Germany this past season in somewhat of a disappointing game to a certain degree. I mean, the Chiefs, you know, winning overall 21-14. They jumped out to an early lead and, and just hung on, really. They're up 21-0 at halftime, something that was incredibly boring, really. And then Tua, Tua came back to make it 21-14 in the third, then a scoreless last quarter. Most that it ran for 85 in that one. Shows how big he's going to be. Tyreek Hill going back home now to Kansas City in this one as well. Will make things interesting. Mahomes wasn't great in that contest, only threw for 185, threw for two touchdowns though. So yeah, it's it's a this game's a head scratcher. It's it's a game that we don't have a best bet for just yet, but again, this will come down to lineups. If we're going to be taking some touchdown scorers, we'll take Raheem Mostert at the 265 or plus 165 to score if he's playing and then it's been a minute it's been a while between mr travis swift sorry travis kelsey to score a touchdown he hasn't scored a touchdown since the 21st the 11th against the philadelphia eagles yeah six straight games without a touchdown for travis kelsey that's extremely extremely rare but he is a big game player so i think the chiefs are going to go to him in this contest for that one but You'll have to keep an eye out on socials, TikTok and Instagram at Trash TrashTalkWithDebalk there for further updates on that game, more than likely on Sunday morning our time here in Sydney. So that is the Sunday card, should have two great games of footy coming up there, so why don't we move across to Monday footy, or Sunday I guess over there in the States, you got Buffalo up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, what a finish to the season for Buffalo, Wow. They went seven and two at home this season, and when you think about it, that's that's extremely dominant, obviously. But you look across at Pittsburgh, and probably didn't really expect this. They went five and three on the road. That's pretty impressive. It is for a fairly average team. Buffalo in their last three at home have averaged 30 points a game. They've obviously wiped the floor with the Dallas Cowboys as well. Last time out, 31 to 10. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, on the road have averaged 20 points a game and about 21 against. Look, but I mean, Baltimore obviously didn't have anyone, so you can't read too much into that. But they've been they've been impressive to get to this point. Mike Tomlin does what he does as always, you know, r- winning records and whatnot. They've something that's kept them alive, and it, you really can't say it's kind of quarterback play as serviceable, I guess, as as Mason Rudolph has been probably exceeded expectations to a degree but their running game has been incredibly solid Najee Harris has realized that he may want to turn into Derrick Henry 2.0 <laughs> I think he realized how big he actually is and he started running over people rather than trying to run around people and Jimmy Warren's also been very good but they're coming up against a I guess a Bills run D that's been stout of late I think they over their last six their highest yardage per game was about 108 on the ground and you'd think if it's going to be around that for Pittsburgh that's not going to be enough to even have a chance in this game if Buffalo are for real they really should give it to the Pittsburgh Steelers especially without TJ Watt if Buffalo get out to a lead early it's going to force the Steelers to want to go through the air I guess with Mason Rudolph and that goes against their entire game plan because they'd want to try and keep this Bills offense off the field as much as possible. But if you can't run the football against a very good rush day, it's going to make things very, very difficult, I think, for Pittsburgh. There's probably going to be some weather in this contest, so that just, you know, it buys right into what the Buffalo Bills and their their fans, Bills Mafia, do want. It's going to be some people going through some tables pretty much for sure in that tailgate. We mentioned earlier, obviously, in uh, yesterday's episode that we're on the Bills minus 10. In our touchdown scores for this game, we are going to go with Dalton Kincaid at four dollars sixty or plus three sixty, and Josh Allen at two dollars oh five or plus one oh five. There, he's been he's been scoring, he's been running the football a lot of late, and especially it's kind of one of those things if James Cook does get stopped. Even as average, I guess, as that Pittsburgh rush defense can be, Josh Allen's going to look to run one in and kind of set the tone early. There's every chance he could potentially score the first touchdown. So maybe maybe even have a look into that one. But yeah, that is the first early slot game on Monday morning here at 5 a.m. Yeah, been waking up all year, so I've got to stop now. Next game, the, mid, the midpoint game at 8.30. we got the Dallas Cowboys up against the Green Bay Packers. This one's going to be a good one. It will. I think Green Bay are coming in as if this is a free shot for them, really, because no one's really given them any chance. Dallas are 8-0 at home. They've been dominant. Apart from, you know, last game against Detroit, probably should be 7-1 and at home, but here they are. They're undefeated. It is what it is. The Green Bay Packers are 4-5 and on the road. They're 3-1 and in their last four, though, with that only loss actually coming to the New York Giants, where I think a lot of people thought, geez, that could be it for the Packers. Like, they were playing so well, and then you lose a game like that. How? <laughs> Inside domes, though, Jordan Love has been very good this season. They've averaged about 25.5 points a game. In their last four on the road, though, for the Green Bay Packers, they've averaged 29 points a game. So that they've been impressive. And especially given, I guess, somewhat the lack of weapons that Green Bay have had this season, they are... Mentioned it last episode. They're the youngest team to ever make the playoffs. And I think a lot of people put a line through the Packers pretty early on that Jordan Love wasn't going to be the guy to, to get this done. But they're young guys in Jaden Reed. Again, Jordan Love. Aaron Jones has come in back to full health, playing some good footy of late as well. I think they'll be hoping to get AJ Dillon back in this one, but he's still a bit of a question mark. They'll need, they'll need all their bodies to, to do this against the Dallas Cowboys. But speaking of the Cowboys, they have averaged 35-plus in their last four at home. They just score it well inside Jerry World. They were stopped big time last time, though, against the Lions. And again, like we said, they probably should have lost last time out for sure, given the very, very, very suspect call that went against the Detroit Lions for sure, which is now eventually given the, the Cowboys that two seed. You'd like to think Tony Pollard's going to have a big day against a very average Green Bay rush defense as much as they did a very good job stopping Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert on the ground. It's a bit of a different beast when it comes to this Green Bay offense this time around. You'd like to think Jordan Love's got a better arm than Fields, but on the other side with Tony Pollard, he needs to get going because as a Green Bay defense, you can't just stack the box in hope of stopping Tony Pollard because you got Dak Prescott on the other side and he's just gonna dime out. So Yeah, I, I I do think this this matchup is gonna have some points. I don't think Jordan Love's gonna die wandering in this one. I think he's gonna take his shots, especially to a guy like Jaden Reed, potentially Christian Watson back as well. I'm not gonna say they're a chance of causing an upset, but I think they keep this close enough to to have Dak in the game having to make plays and that Probably in the end will be enough in a in a very high scoring affair. We're already on the over, so our touchdown scorers in this game we're gonna go with Jake Ferguson at two dollars ninety or plus one ninety there, and Aaron Jones on the other side at plus one thirty five or two dollars thirty five there for him. That's the midpoint. Now let's get to our lunchtime game at twelve fifteen. We have the Detroit Lions up against the LA Rams. Detroit, you've waited 30 years for this. It's going to be loud in Ford field. It really is. And something came out today saying that Matthew Stafford jerseys are banned inside the arena. That's one way to pay your respects to someone who put his blood, sweat, and tears into the Detroit Lions for 12 seasons. But, I mean, this is the changing of the guard moment. Jared Goff and, and Matty Stafford, you know, obviously swapped teams with the formers playing for the Rams, obviously, and Jared Goff and Matty Stafford playing in Detroit, and he was unable to do, I guess, what Jared Goff is going to be attempting to do, and that's get Detroit to week two of the playoffs with a most likely matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. Detroit at home this season is 6-3, with the Rams being 5-4 and four on the road, so both very, very respectable records there. Detroit at home have averaged 31-plus points per game in their last three, with the Rams also averaging 31-plus on the road in their last three, so... Similar to the Cowboys-Green Bay matchup, I feel like this matchup is going to have some points. We're already on the over, as we mentioned yesterday. It's going to be entertaining, and there's going to be plenty of feeling. I, I do hope that this Detroit crowd does not boo Matthew Stafford, because in the end, he got traded. He didn't want out. They moved him on at the end of the day. They always think about Matty Stafford in Detroit with the I guess the connection that he had with Megatron. Does this close the book on Matthew Stafford in Detroit with a Lions win against the Rams? I think it does. You can't hate the guy if he comes in and beats you, though. It's as simple as that, because at the end of the day, he's done nothing wrong. The Lions probably screwed him over to a certain degree when he was in Detroit, so didn't get him enough help. But I can't wait for this game. It's going to be, I think, by far... The best matchup of the playoffs in week one. I'll be definitely cheering on Detroit given my ties with them. So, like we said, we're on the over. Let's go with some touchdown scorers. And I think we're gonna get plenty in this one. We'll go with the Monroe St. Brown at $2.10 or plus 110 for them. It's unknown if Sam Laporta is going to be good to go in this one. I hope he is. He obviously got hurt last game for the Lions of the regular season. And if he's if he's not available, you're going to want to think that Amonra is going to get pretty busy in this contest. And on the other side, we're going to go with Cooper Cup, plus 120 or $2.20 about him. I understand how good Puga has been, but Matty Stafford is going to go to the most reliable wide receiver in the league, especially in, in big games, and that is Cooper Cup. So, yeah, that's going to be an incredible, incredible way to wrap up. The playoffs on Monday. And then finally we got a game on Tuesday. And this one is tough to get a read on. Tampa Bay hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. Tampa Bay are four and four at home in the season with the Philadelphia Eagles at five and four on the road. The Eagles have dropped their last three on the road at an average of uh, 26 points per game, whereas Tampa are averaging 21 points per game in their last three at home. I mean, you, you can't even read into that just given how bad their schedule has been. You know, they they put it on the Jags, but you know, then they also barely put it on their NFC South rivals, and we know how bad the NFC South was. They also lost to the New Orleans Saints last time out at home. You know, terrible, terrible matchup. These two teams also faced off this season already with Philly when they were playing a little bit better than what they are right now. Philly winning 25-11 to in Week 3 at Tampa. Both these secondaries are horrific. Both quarterbacks right now are hurting. Baker, we saw a lot clutching at his ribs against the Carolina Panthers in a thrilling 9-0 victory there in Carolina to secure the NFC South title. And yeah. Anyway, no idea how they're even here. AJ Brown also got hurt in week 18 as well, so his status is unknown. You'd like to think he's going to play, but is he going to be at full health? I don't know. It's going to come down to survival of the fittest, really, in this one. In our last episode yesterday, where you mentioned that we're on the under 44.5 in this contest, so touchdowns may be scarce, but if we're going to take a couple from either team, let's go with a guy who has all the advantages uh, in the Tampa Bay wide receiving room against the Philadelphia Eagles uh, secondary because it's awful. Mike Evans plus 100 or two holes there to score a touchdown. I think Baker's got to go to his big game player. Mike Evans has been there and done that before with Brady, and I think that he's going to be big time in this matchup as long as Baker is healthy. If AJ Brown is somewhat hurt or can't go, I think Jalen's got to take a shot in this game at Devonta Smith. You're getting $2.80 or plus 180 about him. Again, as we mentioned, that Tampa secondary is next-level bad, and I think that he could have a day out in this one. He really could if Jalen is willing to take a shot, and they need to. They need to go back into that offense. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a one-and-done for the Philadelphia Eagles if they are unable to get to Week 2 and face off more likely against the San Francisco 49ers in Week 2. That'd be a bad, bad way to finish off a Super Bowl, Super Bowl season last year. So, anyway, that is the playoffs done for Week One. As I mentioned, keep your eyes on socials uh, on TikTok and Instagram at Trash Talk with D Bork. We are going to have a same game parlay for every game of the playoffs. We'll probably have a player prop parlay combined with a with a few games here and there. So we're gonna have some fun this week, and hopefully uh, we can we can we can make some memories for the playoffs. Let's hope. All uh, right. I've enjoyed this bonus episode. Like we said, I'm going to come back with it again next week, next Thursday. So this has been Trash Talk with D. Bork. I hope you all enjoy the playoffs. I'm out. Have a good weekend.